0: International.
1: three two one go
2: my necks my backs my pussies and my cracks
1: <laughs> welcome you're really satisfied with yourself. episode
2: 163 you're grinning of i learn nothing
1: <laughs> a philosophy podcast For idiots. I've never smiled at my (laughs) niece and nephew the way that Ben is smiling right now. I thought of that intro earlier, and I was like, I can't wait to break it out. I can tell. My necks, my backs,
2: my pussies, and my cracks. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome, Crackers. Welcome, Crackers. My name is Benjamin C. Cholock, executive producer of philosophy at Princeton University. And across from me (laughs) is my chagrined uh, pupil, Pat. Yes, how are you? I'm good. I'm your, I'm your eager pupil. Yeah, you're eager. <laughs> you're I just there can't wait. Eager on your knees, just ready to learn.
1: <laughs> I cannot wait to be absolutely
2: destroyed by knowledge. Yeah, with your little mitts together, just praying for knowledge. Yep, I can't wait to be
1: filled with knowledge.
2: Yeah, you're about to be filled, my man. Nice, my, my boy. To the brim, <laughs> to the brim. There's yeah. gonna be
1: so much knowledge.
2: There's gonna be a meniscus of of knowledge hmm. above, above the brim of your. Uh, of your uh, knowledge vessel. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe we
1: have a, a humans have an inherent need to to teach because maybe that's what happens because you learn so much shit you got to talk about it you, you got to get talk it out about of it. you,
2: you got to spread that knowledge what, otherwise what, you're gonna what, overflow. Someone at at the heights actually told me something that I for some reason I always remembered is that knowledge is the only thing that can that can truly be shared because you accept knowledge. And you still have it, and when you spread it and share it to someone else, you still have it, but now they have it too. It's the only thing that's truly shareable. Interesting. Because everything else, when you share it, quote-unquote, you're reducing a little bit for yourself to give to others. And was he explaining but knowledge the... is just duplicated and given to someone else.
1: And he was telling you this as he was hurling books. Hurling books. Yeah.
2: That's how he shared the knowledge. Right. That's... <laughs> He <laughs> didn't seem to understand at the time that, that you didn't have to physically right. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, install that knowledge Ben's by, by punishment. heaving
1: <laughs> these these thick leather bound volumes at my head. Ben's punishment was he got hit by the book and then had to read the book. Yeah. And then like do a report that on it. That was him. my punishment for getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> if I dodged it, I didn't have to read. Well it. that's what's being that's what being Catholic <laughs> is. You get punished and then you get punished for getting punished. Yeah. For like getting caught. Speaking of Catholics. What?
2: <laughs> we're talking about a catholic philosopher today who uh, is oh,
1: hold on let, let me guess saint patrick
2: no not a, not a saint
1: okay hold on let me think. not yet um not yet okay maybe that's uh some sort of hint
2: i'll give you a uh, hint will give you a hint uh, oh she Tolkien. is new she she
1: um i don't know
2: we're talking about uh, episode 163. Joan of Arc. No, not Joan of Arc. She's not new. She died like 800 years ago. Well, well, she's
1: new to someone. That's the beauty of literature.
2: I guess she's new compared to like the fucking dinosaurs.
1: Well, <laughs> no. If I was a little kid and I was listening to this, I might be like, who's heard of Joan, Joan of, Arc?
2: of Arc? Who's Joan of Arc? She was Why do you alive. listen to
1: this podcast?
2: Why was she born alive?
1: <laughs> she heard voices. Do you think that saints were just crazy people? Like, that's a kind of a deep thing to say for a little kid.
2: That's deep for a little kid, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I think they were uh, just mystical geniuses, according to William James. Hmm. Which is your mentor? Else who, my mentor? No, he's not my mentor. Uh, although I do like I do like William James. I, I I kind of vibe with him. He came up with pragmatism. We talked about him. He's
1: kind of a father figure.
2: I wouldn't say a father figure. Hmm. He's more a vuncular, more of an uncle figure. She's like, uncle figure. He's my philosophical uncle. Oh, wait. So
1: speaking of philosophical uncle, so who is this crazy Catholic we're talking about? This
2: crazy Catholic Catholic lady. Yeah. Uh, her name is Gertrude Elizabeth Stop. Margaret Anscombe. What? Yeah. <laughs> Again? All right. Well, Gertrude Elizabeth
1: Margaret Anscombe. You said it like I was going to be like after you said the first... Like name, like the first name, the first that, three names. I would go, oh fuck, it's that person. I would finish it with you, but <laughs> that, I don't. You have no idea that I, you said it like it was somebody I would you've know. You've never
2: heard of this woman?
1: Well, no, I, I would sure say you haven't. I wouldn't say never heard. I would say that I've definitely dabbled and I've definitely. You took think you've heard her name before? Oh, I and Yeah, I've definitely. <laughs>
2: That's- I like your your full of shit look. You're no, we're not. You you're wearing your full of shit look. What's my full of shit look? I don't <laughs> understand what well, that you're, means. You're kind of like grinning and squinting a little bit and you're like, no, I, I know her. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Definitely, what are you talking about? I've 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 heard of her.
1: Yeah. No. I mean look, I never met her, but you
2: she's know. also known as G E M
1: Right. <laughs>
2: Ascombe. Of course. <laughs> right, of G-E-M course. G E M Ascombe. Uh yeah. She was uh she was born so here's what's weird. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of things weird. What? She's not only Catholic. She is a convert. Was a convert. She's, Whoa! She's a dead woman now. So
1: hold on. So, yeah, because so, you she's said currently she's dead. not... So she's currently dead.
2: She's currently <clears> dead <throat> and in heaven. Okay. So she converted to the one true religion.
1: And I guess what's happening, and the thing that's kind of strange about death is that I guess so she's just dead forever now.
2: She's dead for the rest of of time, yeah. But then we
1: come... But then we're resurrected. We're all so guess, resurrected, oh, Okay, yeah. so never mind. So she's not dead forever. One day. According to
2: her and according to...
1: To everyone. That's exactly. right. <laughs> everyone so, right. hold on. So, so she's fucking dead right now. She's fucking dead. <laughs> and so she's... But she's on I'm path... I'm sure that's how her family likes to remember her as. Well, look, fucking she's, a, dead. she's on path to being a saint. That's kind of cool. Uh,
2: I don't know if she'll be a saint. I mean, like, she didn't do anything particularly saintly. What? not not that like i mean you have to do you have to do extraordinary things oh i thought to? you
1: said she was going to be a saint
2: no she's not going to be a saint oh i don't i mean i don't know it's not up to me it's up to the pope and but it's not even considered it's not <laughs> even on the table and that's sign out of perverts out in out in rome yeah those guys so <laughs> it
1: is um it's not currently on the table
2: uh i don't not that i'm aware of no
1: when i die but, i would like people to try to you want to be uh canonized i would like to Join the sainthood. <laughs> I'd like to become a saint, and I think that the, the magic of <laughs> Catholicism is that shit. everyone can be a saint. Anyone can. You know what's weird
2: is that actually that's more that's Opus Day. That's Opus Day's like philo- main philosophy. What is that? Every everyone can be a saint.
1: Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm, that sounds weird.
2: Yeah, I mean, l- coming
1: from them, I don't like that.
2: Yeah, it is weird coming. It from sounds
1: them. like a power grab.
2: Um, a little bit. It's that is actually kind of it's kind of a theological power grab. Like saying uh, winter
1: it's, is coming. It's like kind of a threat almost.
2: <laughs> Everyone's a saint. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone can be a saint. Yeah. Um, but uh no, I don't think she's a you have to you have to do shit as a as to be a saint. Well yeah, like, don't firstly, I, I'm. you have to don't you have to like you have to
1: do some miracles.
2: Some miracles, like three at least, right? Isn't yeah, that the number? Yeah, you have to
1: do, I think three I, and these have to be very old. Rules, because nowadays it's like I mean, come on,
2: like yeah, what miracles are new people? But also, how can you do
1: that? it and not have people find out about it until after your death? Like, come on, right? So,
2: yeah. um, there's. Did, did you know that the where the term devil's advocate comes from?
1: Um, I believe it probably comes from like a like a MMA <laughs> chat room in no. the nineties or something. I don't know But <laughs> no.
2: That's literally that's it's a uh, uh advocatus diaboli. It's a it's the it's the term for when a saint or when someone is is in the process of being canonized, right? There's two sides that basically one argues for their canonization and then there's someone like a priest, like an actual like oh person who's known colloquially within the the church as the devil's advocate. What their job is basically their job is basically to argue that this person should not be a saint okay and they are supposed to bring up examples on why they might have committed certain sins or been a shitty person
1: wow so how whoa so yeah. hold, hold on because so, it has to be a fair it has to be
2: as fair a, a, a process as possible so there has to be someone assigned to the side of like this person shouldn't be a saint to they actually up, weren't that cool to dig up dirt to dig up dirt that's the devil's advocate it's a real like thing in the church, so there's the a person. Church. There's a person. There's a. It's a priest. An ordained priest. Who's in charge of, like... A renegade priest, maybe? No, it's not a renegade priest. He's like, that's his job in the church. Yeah, but he's I bet, he's out, of, I bet he's out
1: of control. He's probably out of... I bet this guy is a hard-drinking, like, like tough-as-nails, <laughs> private-eye-type guy. He's who, introduced
2: in the movie of about him. He's introduced with, uh, you know, like, you don't see his face. You just see, like, the cameras at bar level, mm-hmm. right? And he slams down a shot glass. Yeah. And then, you know, and someone behind him goes advocatus diaboli and he goes that's a name i haven't heard in a long long time holy shit <laughs> that's the devil's advocate <laughs> dang
1: yeah that's that's fucking wild yeah i cannot believe he's that like they slightly is, out of focus <laughs> that there, there is a guy a renegade priest whose entire job he's not a renegade <laughs> well i know but he plays by his own rules
2: no he doesn't actually he plays by c- canon law but he gets results and that's the important <laughs> no, thing sometimes about sometimes he it. doesn't this, everything that you've said. The last like four things you've said have been not true. Well, I don't know. I mean, how
0: do often? You know?
2: I mean, well, not often. Actually, the devil's advocate probably wins more often than not. Because I'm
1: thinking
0: more. There's not people... that many
2: saints added, right? Well,
1: how often? Do, how often are saints added? Is it like a constant thing? I mean, does it like yeah, not mean anything anymore? Uh, like it's sort of like in the, like being in the rock and roll hall of fame. It's like who gives a fuck? <laughs> Did you record one album? Who cares? <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. So what? How often is this happening? I don't
2: know. I don't know how often it happens.
1: Because this guy, from what I'm hearing, is really just out of control. (laughs) But... Getting results. I mean, I think we can. His all... His name is Giovanni. I you think Giovanni. Gets Giovanni. Results. Yeah. <laughs> he's from from America, though. He changed his name.
2: <laughs> he changed his name to something Italian. Yeah. When he became ordained, he's yeah. like, I want to, I want to be more Italian.
1: Now you must call me Giovanni, Giovanni. and everyone's like, all right, I mean, I guess, like, right, <laughs> like, fine, sure. If you... That's what makes you happy, <laughs> yeah. like well, Giovanni Turner. Okay. Welcome to the welcome to the the welcome to the Catholic Church. <laughs> So there's a guy who has like an office. So there's the office of the the, the devil's, devil's advocate. advocate. Yeah, and so there's a secretary. I don't there's... know if that's
2: his official title because like, it would be weird if <laughs> that was your if title? someone's title like t- in the name you belong to the devil. Yeah, <laughs> the devil's advocate. Um, but that's like his nickname or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like uh, you know, when you're canonized, it's like think of like there's the prosecution and the defense. And he's kind of like the prosecution. He's like, like no, this this guy, this person was a piece of shit. Actually,
1: so hold on. So
2: <laughs> he shouldn't get to. So see there
1: him. are multiple. I, I mean, probably hundreds a year, uh, t- hundreds of times a year that there is this guy who digs up dirt on someone who doesn't build a
2: case builds a case for why this person should not and so just
1: reveals all these horrible things about this person for the world to see well it's not necessarily ruins your reputation
2: I guess it's not necessarily just digging up dirt I mean it would suffice it would suffice to just prove that they'd never uh, like uh, what's the word performed any miracles but what they could say like oh that's actually bullshit like they didn't you know cure that guy's blindness what do they find out
1: they're a murderer like what do they stumble upon a murder case
2: well then that's pretty open and closed open and shut case yeah then that you can't like, that's not fucking gonna be yeah. a saint if he murdered someone I mean if we define murder oh and here's what's interesting when we're talking about uh, Mrs. Anscombe yes uh, we we will talk about the definition of murder <laughs> what? the definition of murder what makes murder wrong Uh, Also, what makes an action wrong? Uh, Her whole theory of... So, she's actually quite fascinating. What's her deal? Um, So, okay. I found out about her. I've known about her for a long time, but I never really delved into her actual philosophy because she was always, in my mind, kind of sidelined because of her position. Her position was the editor and literary executor. Uh, She was a philosopher in her own right, but she was the, the editor and executor to the writings of my main man Wittgenstein. Really, she was uh, basically studied under him. Was like one of his aco- main acolytes. Um, like basically, God, imagine
1: having an acolyte. I, uh,
2: Wittgenstein had a lot. I'm I'm going to try my best not to make this an episode about Wittgenstein. Um, but she loved this guy. I love. I, he's my favorite philosopher. Would you I've do said anything, it before. Would you
1: do anything for him?
2: No. And actually, he was a prick in real life. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't think I'd want to hang out with him. I just find his methods of philosophy and his thought very, very uh, stimulating.
1: So, if he came to your door and he was like, "Will you help me move?" You would say no. Ah, man. Actually, that's an interesting question. I might help him move. Hey, he shows up. He's like, "Hey." What's up, Wittgenstein uh, Here he
2: wouldn't say what's up. He, he goes, wouldn't announce himself. He'd say, "Help me
1: move." He he'd commanded. <laughs> he goes. I, he goes. I understand that you're uh, kind of. A, a, he'd come a in friend. and he
2: would treat it as a crisis. He's like, "I have to move. <laughs> I have to move, he's and you of, need to help me." He's and, he's and I'm like, like, "All right, all right, all calm right. down." Fuck I'd yeah. be like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not?" And then I'd, I'd ask him. I'd ask him questions. He'd be like, "What do you think of this?" Hey, what do you think of Calvin?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no one listening knows. What I, know, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> on our on our patreon check out our,
2: check out our patreon to find to find out what that references. Well, yeah,
1: Ben has an interesting co-worker is what we'll say. <laughs> anyway uh, Ben, so hold on. so this lady what eat what ye, okay. what bio was she born and
2: why? Let's go with bio. Um, also what's funny is that she does <laughs> it's funny that you ask why <laughs> because she does kind of get into the question of why. in other words, uh, the issue of how to define intention. What is intention? That's something that we're going to focus on because that's what she focused on. But anyway, quick bio. Uh, so Gertrude Elizabeth Margaret Amscombe, also known as G.E.M. Amscombe, or The Gem. Whoa. Um, no, I just call her The Gem. Oh, let's call her a, The Gem. The Gem. Her name. Yeah, we'll call her The Gem. All right. Um, she so was stupid. born uh, on March eighteenth, 1919, in Limerick, Ireland. What? Yeah, she was born in Limerick, Ireland. It's pretty cool. Here's the thing. This is what this is where her her, her story kind of takes some weird twists and turns in like the first fucking like 20 years of her life. She was born in Limerick, Ireland because her, both of her parents were educators, but also her father was uh in the British military and was involved on the British side during the irish war of independence yikes right so she was born british she's like english ethnically right or but whatever but
1: her parents were there to and her parents were to oppressors mur- to murder the, to murder the
2: irish to murder the murder of the irish and she
1: later on conver- whoa this is but when twisted. she was a
2: teenager in ireland she like fell in love with the religion and she was like holy shit she saw the light she saw the light yeah well knocked home. off her horse knocked yeah. off her horse like fucking saint paul and she was like, "I'm going to convert to Catholicism because this shit rules." And we were wrong the whole time. <laughs> I don't know why we were oppressing these It's hey, mom
1: and dad. We fucked we up. We fucked dude. up.
2: I like this side better. <laughs> what, were
1: the, what were the parents' reaction?
2: Um, I it doesn't really say. I didn't it didn't really get into it. Mm. Um, but so from a very early age, she found herself drawn to Catholicism. She converted as soon as she could, basically when she was in high school. Um and uh was already very interested in like philosophy, particularly moral philosophy. Um, but she, uh, I believe, she ended up going to hold on. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what what the British call Oxbridge? I can't remember which one.
1: Oxbridge.
2: Oxbridge. So like you know how we have the Ivy League here. Yeah. In England, it's called Oxbridge, which is the the uh, collective term for. Oxford and Cambridge, but it also kind of applies to like other really, really like high end, high tier, top tier English schools. So hold on, so So, so, if someone goes to one of those elite like English universities, you say that they went to Oxbridge, especially if they went to either Oxford or Cambridge.
1: Well, la di da,
2: Uh, kind of, yeah. It's very la di da, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so that's right. So she went to Oxford. That's the one she went to. Um, Good for her.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm happy for.
2: Um, And she... Hold on. Okay, that's right. So she went to college in Oxford, got a philosophy degree, and then uh, got a fellowship at Cambridge. So she actually went to both, kind of, but she did most of her... A true Oxbridger. A a true Oxbridger, yeah. She's a true Oxbridger. Um, She wanted to... Basically, she wanted to study under uh, Wittgenstein directly um and he was at Cambridge at the time so she she graduated from Oxford went to Cambridge and basically studied under him for the next like up until he died and became actually quite close to him um very close then
1: how close are not we the way you talk-
2: think oh. not the way you think because a he was probably gay and c she was a devout catholic who married kind of early married another philosopher named peter geech um so there was no like hanky panky between her and Vickers. Side it was very much a purely professional relationship. Oh, Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I not guess that's okay. not juicy at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. I thought this not was about. Yeah, I no. thought
1: we were gonna start, you know, putting the the lights down and turning on some candles for Benny after dark. But it turns out, no, no, not not nothing in this, sexy not in, at all. Not
2: in this episode. There's emphatically not a lot. Not there is no sexiness in this episode because. None? No, because she was a profoundly devout Catholic.
1: Well, and also from Ireland, so also right. like right away I, they're not the most sexual they're not people. the most
2: sensual people. So no. you have like Ireland over here and then Brazil
1: like oh, uh, yeah. on the other side <laughs> both Catholic countries, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. That's the that's what's bizarre about being Catholic, yeah. Yeah. You can be Irish and Brazilian.
2: You could be Irish or Brazilian in Brazil. <laughs> in Brazil. Um, this is, this, this episode is nowhere near, that's the thing is, there's a lot of like Irish and English Catholic philosophers. I couldn't name a single Brazilian philosopher because they're too busy fucking <laughs> to, to even to even think abstractly. Yeah, that's why, that's why you can't name that. Because they're <laughs> too busy having sex. Yeah, they're too busy. That's why. They're too hot. <laughs> they're far too hot um if you're brazilian <laughs> sorry not sorry shout <laughs> out to the brazilian hey yes. at least you're getting laid <laughs> uh, presumably um so with with we, we should talk we should mention this i won't spend too much time on this but uh uh back to brazil but no no back to gertrude damn it back to the gem I
1: thought we we're talk about brazilian babes
2: uh the gem was uh very much first of all not look devoutly catholic and uh, by extension very quite conservative actually she's a very conservative uh philosopher um and she was actually uh she has written she wrote so she she was mostly active post war um like she studied under Wittgenstein in the late 40s up uh, like I said up until his death in 1951 they became so close uh that she went to visit him uh, on his deathbed, and on his deathbed, he was like Wittgenstein. Basically, was like, "You, you're gonna translate my last work, the Philosophical Investigations, seminal work in philosophy. Uh, one of my favorite books of philosophy. Translated actually.
1: from what to what?
2: From German, from German to um to
1: English. And she knew German.
2: No, that's I. So I, I don't know
1: because if she no, didn't... here's the thing. That she, is the funniest deathbed <laughs> bit ever. You no, have to translate first you have to learn an entire language.
2: She learned German under Wittgenstein. She kind of had to because Wittgenstein refused to learn English. <laughs> <laughs> refused he to. taught at an English university. <laughs> what? And like he like barely knew English by the time he died. Wrote entirely in german everything he wrote <laughs> was, was he in german then? that's so funny <laughs> that's how brilliant he was they were like we got to get this guy right. and he would like he, <laughs> i remember so I, I might have mentioned this in the 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 two-parter episode that we did on on wittgenstein but he no memory like i know i know why would we i We did fucking, a two-parter we did a two-parter on him huh. it was also the hundredth episode i made sure of that <laughs> oh um, interesting but Wittgenstein planning ahead wittgenstein could barely speak english like he 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 learned enough to like get by in england <laughs> to teach there too
1: to have a job at like to a, have a
2: job at the most alo- the most prestigious university yeah there. he could get by i guess yeah um he what a would, fucking asshole
1: he was an he, was <laughs> he sounds an like asshole. your grandpa just <laughs> he, refusing to learn english
2: refuses to learn english yeah so he he like uh taught seminars there for like his entire like the latter half of his career uh And would like speak basically in broken English, like intermixed with German, to the point where his (laughs) students, he would start rambling if he would like get off on a tangent, like a thought, like a thought tangent, um, and he would just kind of like talk out loud, but he would like eventually fall into German. He would just fall (laughs) back into German, and so he would just be like thinking out loud these profound (laughs) philosophical thoughts. That in, no one can understand in German, and his students had to <laughs> very timidly raise their hand to remind him that he's in Cambridge That's so and he funny. has to speak English <laughs> they had to re- gently remind him to speak english um to which he was always furious <laughs> All, always, <laughs> always furiously reminded that oh no um you know or exasperated or anything or and stuff, so he Okay, so, yeah, and so when it came to, like, writing his thoughts out and writing his notebooks, it was all in German, all in German, and uh, the gem, uh, G.E.M. Anscombe, she she was his favorite student, basically, um, because she put up with his shit, uh, like, liked what he had to say in terms of his philosophy, um, and, you know identified with this philosophy so much that she took it upon herself to learn German in order to better understand what the fuck he's talking about. Jeez.
1: So she was all in. So
2: she was all in with his like method of philosophy, which is something I, I also want to do a separate like episode entirely on his methodology. Um, which is more of like a basically a therapeutic approach to philosophy. It's like teasing out you know the questions of of, of these big of these, big, yeah, a little teasing,
1: a little bit of a uh, little teasing, there. yeah, a little
2: slap and tickle, you know, of, of the of these questions, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just to let him know it's still there. Yeah, it's basically trying to like kind of his 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 approach was more about like teasing out. The meat of the questions than trying to find an answer, if that makes sense. Like he's trying to find out exactly what you're asking, how you're using the words that you're asking the question, how you define the terms, uh, you know, in in question, right? The the, the things that you're trying to figure out. Like instead of saying what is free will, he's like, well, what do we mean when we say free will? Okay. What do we say when someone like makes a a, a free decision?
1: So like, it sounds like what he's like teaching uh needs to have very specific words needed to convey this yeah like like it sounds like this isn't just generalities these are very specific things yeah in a language he refused to learn
2: (laughs) so he was doing it in in german basically amazing um the reason why he, he ended up so he ended up uh i mean he he didn't know english it was just like he just hated it he just hated it. he liked thinking and speaking in his native tongue yeah i mean fair enough i guess yeah, that's what he was used to that's what he was comfortable with um and then you know when it when it got translated he knew enough of of he knew enough english he knew english he wasn't like
1: it's not like he didn't know english well it sounds He's like you're like, saying that he uh, was a fucking idiot and just could not speak the no, language no, no, at all no, he
2: could speak it he just like didn't like it he didn't like operating in that language he liked operating in english uh, in in German, sorry, in German. Um, well, how
1: about you you go do it in Germany, sir? That's what I would say. Okay. I kick down the door in the middle of the lecture well, and say, "Go back to Germany and then throw a brick at him." So the thing is, the first
2: the first time he left Germany. So again, I'm trying not to make this about Wittgenstein, but just as a quick recap. Yeah, Wittgenstein left Germany to base or no, in Austria. He's from he's from Vienna, um, but they speak German there. Uh, he. Left Austria to study under, uh, first of all, he wanted to study engineering originally, engineering and mathematics. And then he got into mathematics. And then he got into really, really abstract mathematics. Sure. And then from abstract mathematics, he got into philosophy because he wanted to know about like the foundations of mathematics and why 2 plus 2 equals, yep. equals 4. It's a
1: tale as old as
2: time. Yeah. Um, he wanted to get to like the the, the bedrock of it. And at the time, the main guy to study that sort of shit under was Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell, <laughs> um, and he was extremely English, <laughs> was very English.
1: That's probably why this guy hated speaking English. Probably reminded him of his this fucking guy.
2: Well, so yeah, so they were he. So basically, Wittgenstein was an acolyte of Bertrand Russell for a very long time until Wittgenstein, frankly, like outgrew him. <laughs> philosophically to the point where he actually started to to think and call Bertrand russell an idiot he like kind of like surpassed him like the you know the student becomes the the teacher sort of moment yeah like Um, you
1: and me on this podcast
2: yeah how you've surpassed me and Mm -hmm. now you hold me entirely in contempt
1: oh i mean for (laughs) a very long time now
2: so yeah uh so that's why he went to England in the first place. And then World War One broke out. He went back to Austria to fight on the Austrian side against England. Hell yeah. This is the balls that this guy has. He really does. He wrote he wrote his first work, The Tractatus Logico Philosophicus, in in a POW camp, I think he finished it and turned it into Cambridge. Uh he, he like had it like smuggled out of, of a fucking uh POW camp. Jeez. Uh as his like dissertation basically to get his phd at, at cambridge um this is the famous story where you know after world war one ended he went back to cambridge to defend his thesis uh and it was bertrand russell and this other uh philosopher named G. E. moore they uh kept asking him all these questions to which he was responding pretty you know uh actively in, in broken english in broken English, shut until, up, you face. What fi- if that was his response? Until finally, he, uh, finally he got uh, like frustrated with their questions and stands up, goes up to them, claps them on the back, and he says, "Don't worry, you won't understand this anyway." And he walks oh, out. I remember this. And then they give him, yeah, big dick energy. Yeah, <laughs> That's, uh, someone, that is him. Someone who listens mentioned that Vick, this story shows that Wittgenstein had big dick energy. Holy shit! He, he kind of slaps him on the shoulder and says, "Don't worry, I know you'll never understand this." Walks out of the room, and then they award him his dissertation. Yeah, his huh. his, uh, his, his whatever PhD.
1: So then, what is this? So this lady is is so this lady studying is under is him.
2: studying under him. Okay, under Wittgenstein, and and adopts basically his whole uh, philosophical approach. Now Wittgenstein dies. So we can stop talking about Wittgenstein. He's thank dead. god he's, he's dead. He's fucking dead. Um What year is this? He dies in 1951. Okay. And okay. Now uh you know the little duckling has to grow up yeah. and and do her own philosophy. This Mick's got to find her own way in the world. This well she's again she's not a Mick. She was a she, she, was, a, she was an English woman. She's a Limey. Well she's born in Ireland. She's a Limey stationed in in Mick country.
1: Yeah, fair <laughs> All enough.
2: All right. Um, but she she basically kind of like she converts to Mickism, basically, yeah.
1: which is what I like to call Catholicism. Going
2: native, she's she goes native. Yeah, she kind of goes native. Yeah. Um and um, so now you know she trots back over the whatever the the Irish Sea, I believe that's, that's the that's Irish between Sea. The two. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And starts lecturing all these Britons uh, about ethics. That's yeah. one of her main things.
1: And of course, let me guess, they're receptive.
2: <laughs> yes and no um she so i want to start off with a really interesting very very this will this will be a good intro to her philosophy um she is remember devoutly catholic but she also makes a point to not try to let her catholicism uh, and like catholic theology influence her moral philosophy she tries to find a, like a um a foundation for her moral philosophy Independent of her religion. Okay. Um, But obviously, some of it is going to seep in. But so she has very, very uh, uh, like absolute positions and absolute, you know, opinions on certain moral uh, and ethical uh, issues of the time. One of them is, uh, or it's manifested in uh, this one incident that happens basically in 1956, uh, Oxford University is planning on giving Harry S. Truman an honorary degree.
1: No way! Are you kidding me?
2: That's what fucking Jem said. The (laughs) Jem is like, oh, fuck no. This guy does not deserve an honorary degree. What is she so mad about? The bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki.
1: Oh, that'll... yeah, okay.
2: She says, this guy, Harry Truman, is a mass murderer and a genocidal maniac. This guy does not deserve it. This guy belongs behind bars. she she hates Harry Truman. she says she thinks that he committed a a devastating war crime because he killed countless innocent people hmm. uh, in the bombings of Hiroshima. What Mikasai. a woke scold. I mean, kind of it's like a, it was a big deal at the time because everyone everyone was like, so this is this is a case where she's going against like the the grain here because you know history is written by the winners right yeah we won, it
1: really is we
2: won the shit out of that war um and we'll do it again and there's like a isn't there like a there's like a norm macdonald quote or something it's like isn't it isn't it weird how like you know uh i don't remember what the quote is never mind i retract that you that you retract the to, joke i retract the joke cuz i can't remember how it goes <laughs> look it up norm macdonald said something about good guys writing history um,
0: yeah, you
1: guys, you guys find you guys the joke it out. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, welcome to I or Nothing, the first podcast that gives you homework to, to find the jokes. <laughs> I got, I got a lot on my plate. Yeah, All right. I got. Okay. Also, also got this. To also teach. this. Uh, Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker.
2: Go, go. Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that. In a, I might revisit that. I haven't seen it in a while. Have you seen it recently? I have not. Okay. I wonder if it holds up.
1: <laughs> I bet it does. Yeah, it probably yeah, does.
2: Yeah, it does. Um there was another carlin thing that i thought was funny that i saw i saw this on reddit where he says like think of the, you know how like the average person is pretty stupid and then sure if you take the average person that means that half half of the people in the world are stupider than that yeah it's, <laughs> it's a good left. one That's a good one yeah um george carl george carlton george carlton <laughs> Okay. Yeah, look up George Carleton. George Carleton. Yeah. Let us know what he's your favorite great George comedian. Carlton. Yeah. is.
1: <laughs>
2: Him and Richard Pryor. <laughs> he's a really good, really good comedian. Brian Hicks. He fucking rules.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sean Wright, he's a good one too. And Michael Hedberg. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> so okay. Um where was I?
1: Uh you are oh, talking yeah. about how this, this lady is fucking pissed about this Harry S. Truman character. Yeah, she's
2: pissed that, that Harry S. Truman is being honored because she thinks that he's a murderer. She's a Dewey head. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah she voted for Dewey. <laughs> um, no, she, she did not vote for Dewey because she's not an American citizen. Doesn't um, have the balls to be. Is not because she's dead and was not because she was British. Um, but... So this is where we get into like this this issue of she believes that Harry Truman is a mass murderer <laughs> okay, <laughs> whereas most people i mean I, I obviously this is she's probably one of the first people to really come out publicly a, a very public intellectual to come out and publicly say that the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki that were morally wrong, and you think that they're morally wrong too right um i'm I'm uh, yeah, I'm getting there yeah I, th- I think so too I mean like. And this is interesting because we'll discuss this. This, this she gives, oh, we will. Yeah, will we yes, we will. Um, uh, it has to do with her ideas about like intention, about um, you know what what it means to kill innocent people. You know, uh, what is the definition of murder? You know, is murder is it conventionally understood as the killing of innocent people? What it takes for you know, uh for the deaths of innocent people by a certain action if that wh- how that con- how that can constitute murder whereas other actions that lead to the death of the deaths of innocent people um m- might also not be necessarily murder wh- what the difference is like what makes the difference um she gets into the nitty-gritty of that um she but sh- so kind of to jump ahead the the her reasoning is that uh harry truman now, a lot of people would say well no he didn't murder anybody right he just like signed a piece of paper or he gave an order um that resulted in the deaths of innocent people right um she argues no she he he a knew what he was doing the entire time b uh you know intentionally used this weapon that would have to kill a lot of people uh and she argues that his intention was to kill all of these innocent people because the killing of all those innocent people leads to the magnitude and the, the shock that would inevitably lead the emperor of Japan to surrender, right? Or the Japanese to surrender. She's arguing basically that the Japanese surrendered because of the magnitude of, of the bombings, right? How big it was, how shocking it was, how much death resulted in it. That's what led to their capitulation. Um and that's the only thing that would have led to an
1: unconditional surrender. What if too. he still didn't? Like then if they still didn't surrender? Surrender? What happened next?
2: I mean, then we would have had to invade. We would have had to just like put a stop to the to the Japanese military machine by any means necessary. And that would be that would mean but here's here's where it's interesting, or here's where where this is the fulcrum that like there's uh, a fulcrum G- the G.E.M. Anscombe kind of finds to separate the these two ideas this the the these this kind of like split issue of like yes we needed to end the war right the war is a bad thing and it needed to end right so some call it a world war it was yeah many called it a world war we I, I all think a now lot of people do. call it a world war uh <laughs> She was. This was back in the day when the war was still ongoing. It was a current event. (laughs) Yeah, and they want everyone wanted it to stop being a current event, Um, and that meant stopping the Empire of Japan from mobilizing its forces and continuing to fight. Stop it! Stop! Stop fighting! You guys, stop fighting! Please. Okay. What What's it going to take to get you to stop? Okay. Now. There are people, obviously, who argue uh, still to this day that the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki were exactly what it would have taken, the only thing that taken—that that it would have taken to get uh, Japan to stop fighting, right? Um, that bombing resulted, uh, people would argue, it, it merely resulted in the deaths of, of hundred, hundreds of thousands of, of, of innocent people. Right, people who had no at all no involvement, like civilians who had no involvement in in, in economically in advancing the war machine in in Japan, in like supporting the troops in, in in whatever way possible. Like, there's a ton of people who had nothing to do with you know what the um with what the Japanese military was doing. Right, uh. So that's the category of innocent people. Right now, she's saying that there is hypothetically a case where the deaths of these innocent people would be okay uh, as a as like a what's it called like a like an unforeseen consequence or even a foreseeable consequence uh, but the problem is that the bombings the intention of the bombings this is what's important there's the word intention she she goes on to write an entire book called guess what intention (laughs) whoa
1: and then in parentheses fuck you
2: truman fuck you truman kind of um
1: you suck (laughs) you're fucking dick truman
2: um hold on real quick as a side note i want to see if i can find this um the one of the books one of the things she wrote uh
1: there's a um this is everyone's favorite part of the show where one of us is yeah, well, one of us is looking something up, trying or, to find something that they're like, why? Well, I, I know I have it. I somewhere know I have it somewhere on my thirty-five da, 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 da. open tabs. Right. So so <laughs> uh, there's
2: this because like I'm reading this article about her and her philosophy, and all of her writings are referenced by like the initials of it. So it's all like MTD or uh, or uh, Wham, WAM WAM. Yeah, um, and that's kind of weird that she's referencing them. What's it called? MMP, uh, Modern Moral Philosophy. But uh, so she starts off with this pamphlet called uh, in 1956. She wrote it in. She had it published. Sorry, in 1958, but it was after in 1956 that Truman was given this degree. And the pamphlet is called Mister Truman's Degree. (laughs) So it's so so the 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 initials are MTD. Um, So Mister Truman, Mister Truman's Degree. (laughs) <laughs> I say thee nay,
1: Truman. <laughs> yeah,
2: <It's a> <laughs> Harry S. Truman gets an honorary degree from Oxford. One uh, Irish woman is intensely pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this, uh, she expands this pamphlet into this uh, this book called War and Murder called war and murder where she talks about that basically the ethics of war and murder that's like her main thing oh so it's it's an accurate title it's an accurate title yeah concise all of these books here i'll say one thing about philosophy for a lot of like especially like contemporary philosophy analytic philosophy all of the (laughs) titles they're not like sexy or or like creative they're a they're the titles are about what the books about.
1: Just straight up. Yeah, yeah. Just
2: straight up. Yeah, like one of the, there's some guy who like I haven't talked to yet. His name is AJ Ayer, who I want to do an episode about only because of this one quick anecdote. He got into like a verbal kind of ma- like fight with you'll never guess who. Oh um, I'll give you wh- wh- what year was uh, it? Uh, something, sometime in the 1980s.
1: Okay, Bruce Springsteen.
2: No. Who you got two more two more guesses? Um, I'll give you two I'm more gonna
1: guesses. guess uh, Ricky Rackman from uh, MTV and the original Loveline. No. Okay. <laughs> Let me guess another someone from the '80s. Okay, I will say Donald Trump.
2: No. Who? So this guy AJ Ayer got into like a like a a public Same
1: Trump that became president. By the no, way, I know
2: AJ Ayer got into this like public debate, not a debate, like a public feud uh with mike tyson <laughs> isn't that weird isn't that fucking weird
1: but what that's is it
2: i don't remember i don't know. truman I don't, no, no no i don't remember what it was about i just remember this one philosopher this old like in his 80s british philosopher got into like a like a public fight obviously not a fist fight or he would die i think so yeah, I don't think he could take Mike Tyson at his prime. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably that, was, not. that was
1: Prime Tyson. Yeah, Prime yeah.
2: Tyson. Um. Anyway, so I, I digress. But so, uh, the, oh, the reason I brought him up is because he wrote this book called Truth and Logic. And <laughs> guess what that's about.
1: I'm going to guess it's probably about, it's truth and, I guess, logic? Uh, yeah,
2: lo- yeah, you're right. There Fuck you yeah. So she wrote. So uh, Jem wrote this book called War and Murder, and she talks about war and what you know. What is hi? My
1: name's Warren Murder. How the hell are you?
2: Yeah. What What is it allowable to do? She basically kind of like redoes just war theory, um, but in in this book she kind of characterizes you know what, uh, what accounts for murder in a war, right? So it's obviously going to be the deaths of uh of innocents. But it has to be the intentional death of it, of an innocent, right? Like, let's say someone is like very, very like terminally ill and in a lot of pain. Okay, like with whatever with the worst cancer, pancreatic cancer. I've heard that's the worst
1: cancer. Yeah, it's uh, apparently pretty bad. Yeah. Now I've had so, it twice. Someone who's
2: died. <laughs> I don't. Th- uh, well, whatever. I know you haven't. <laughs> like I know you just lied. Well, no, I, uh, two times, dude. It fucking sucked. So. I someone who's dying of of this horrific cancer is is going through a lot of pain, and a lot of people would would argue that like you know they uh, want to you know mercy kill them or or, or put them out of their misery, yeah. right? yeah. Um, but she argues that this is this is wrong because it would be killing an innocent person, and you would be intentionally killing that person, right? As as like the end I'm in and of itself.
1: Catholic, right?
2: I know, I know. Yeah, she's again. She says that she doesn't want to have her Catholicism influence her thinking, but it very clearly does. Yeah, but she at least like backs it up with 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 you know whether you agree or disagree. She has a some very rigorous argumentation here. She argues basically that it's wrong, morally wrong, to uh, kill someone as the end in itself. If the intention is for them to die, then that's morally wrong. I think we can kind of agree on that. Um, But in this specific case, she would argue, she does argue, that it can be seen as morally allowable or morally permissible if the intention is skewed slightly to say it's you know i'm 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 giving this medication let's say like a painkiller uh to ease the pain the intention is to ease the pain and the death is you know uh uh an unforeseen or not unforeseen but uh, uh an unfortunate side effect of this of of this act the yes. act death is, is not good the act is where the intention is to relieve the pain the act if the intention is to relieve the pain, then the act is not murder. The act is administering, you know, a medicine and ultimately relieving the pain. If the person dies as a result of that, that was an unintended consequence. If he dies, he dies. Okay, what is... what? What? Is that is that from something or?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fucking uh, Ivan Drago. Remember, if he dies, he dies. I've never seen that movie. You never. Yeah. So all
2: I know is I will break you. But that's the other. Uh, the way
1: that that movie ends is Rocky beats up uh, fucking Ivan Drago. Who, by the way, he's not fighting for communism or whatever. He's fighting for himself. So <laughs> get that through your fucking head, then. <laughs> okay. And then he beats him, and then he and they're in Russia, and yeah. so it's just like it's like him. And he's everyone there is Russian, obviously. And he gives, like, a speech for some reason. They give him a microphone, and he gives a speech about how, you know... <laughs> in a boxing match? <laughs> it's after the boxing's done. He, he gives an inspirational speech about how we should love each other and come together um, and set, set aside our differences. And, like, there's someone just quietly translating it into Russian, and then everyone's, like, super into it. Like, yeah. they go, like, yeah! The crowd, yeah. It's the corniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I won't say it like sucks, but it's corny as fuck. I mean, oh, it does kind of suck, I guess. Do you know what? A lot of those movies, man, that first one is so. The first one's really good. It really is.
2: Well, yeah, it won an Oscar. Yeah. It won Best Picture. <laughs>
1: yeah. It won, uh,
2: it won Best Picture? Rocky won, won Best Picture. Really? For 19, I didn't know for 1976. that. 1976, yeah. Oh, that rules. I know that. I, I only remember that because I
1: shared the same kind of like, really? Rocky? I knew that. I thought he and won that was before it before I watched it. I thought he won it for the screenplay. I thought I heard that. No, that, but I, guess I, I, guess I think it won Best Picture. Okay, yeah, I think it won
2: Best Picture for that year. Cool. I mean, now I'm second way to go. Myself. Well, wait,
1: way to go, Sly! Shout out to Sly Stallone. Congrats.
0: Yeah, uh, Ruth is amazing. Thanks for the screenplay. It's pretty good, right?
1: Uh, you know, everyone yeah. thinks I'm a fucking idiot just because I can't speak correctly. It's actually kind of hurtful. I mean, dude.
2: <laughs> He sounds fucking dumb.
1: As oh, he sounds like the,
2: like he sounds like a like a fucking brick. He sounds like an ox turned into a human. Yeah, I he mean, sounds still learning to speak. He sounds <laughs> profoundly stupid. Yes, but <laughs> have you seen um Tulsa King at all? Uh, no. It's like it's it's okay. It's, is it
1: it's, is it about Sylvester Stallone? And, Sylvester and Stallone mocking his Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> stupid Stallone is, voice
2: is in it. He plays a mobster who. Uh, who gets who comes out of a twenty who comes out of jail after like twenty five years in jail. Um and the family that he works for sends him to Tulsa to to start like a like
1: a satellite uh family you know, there kind of family there. Is in, is in Tulsa, is, is it about like a one man search for a meatball sub in, in Tulsa? Tulsa. <laughs> one Italian search.
2: Um no, but I bet you could find like you could make a decent meatball there. With all the beef.
1: There's a lot, yeah.
2: of cow, a lot of cows in Oklahoma.
1: But yeah, but I don't know if they have anything beyond like salt and pepper there. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, that's right. He'd have to, he'd have to bring his own seasoning because, from the
1: East Coast. yeah. As we know, Tulsa has nothing. <laughs> nothing like you and I do. Us big city boys. Yeah, here in Austin, Texas. Here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I got a. I got a fucking home of the spices. <laughs> I got a bunch of drawers filled to the brim with spices, man. Spices that you. <laughs> spices that technically shouldn't even yeah. exist. Aren't eight. allowed in this country. This
2: just, just reminds me of that thing from The Simpsons. <laughs> Marge sees that spice rack. She's like, eight spices. Some of these have got to be double." <laughs> <laughs> She picks up oregano. She's like, oregano? What the heck? She has <laughs> no idea what it no is. No idea. Has never heard of oregano. Uh, oh, look, The Simpsons. The they'll Simpsons. always be good. I guess, yeah. I mean, the, the, the those first 10 seasons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it leaks into a few more. Anyway. The
0: thing that
1: me and Ben is that we only like like the early Simpsons. We only like early Simpsons? Before it got bad. I mean, like it's not like I hate it. I just... <laughs>
2: I did like I tried to watch all of them. I tried There's to. There's a lot
1: of it that I do hate.
2: I mean, yeah. I I got to season 15 and I was like, I'm, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, just generally, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. Anyway. Kind of becomes bad. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, and I was like trying. I was rooting for it, but I can't. Just can't do it. Why root for you? Thank you. No, um, mainly
1: for you to watch more uh, Simpsons.
2: Okay. <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll go back. I believe I'll, in you. I'll pick it up where I left off.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: by the way, bitch. What. I'm almost done with chapter with Chapter
1: House Dune. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Ben is. So you're gonna owe me seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I owe you absolutely nothing. (laughs) Ben is finally decided to finish a book, and he's finished several in the series, and has. I I guess it's an extra like twenty grand every time you finish a book or something. Yeah. 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 You owe me a lot of money. This sucks. I'm gonna have to pick up a lot of doubles. (laughs) Yeah. But also, I I really don't recall signing anything. If you can show me some sort of documentation, I'll I'll gladly pay up. Trust me, <laughs> huh? I don't know, man. This is um, a lot of money, so
2: let's get back to this. Oh, what the fuck was I?
1: You were talking about. I can't even remember what, where I left off. Harry S. Truman and some of the dastardly deeds. Oh, no, we're talking about. We're talking done. about right
2: uh, the, the the difference between. Okay, so how an intentional act is important for what determines murder. Um, so she is. So she this this kind of like pivots us a little bit and segues us gracefully into. Basically, her like her her more important like underlying philosophy behind her ethics, behind her metaphysics, she's she's really influential when it comes to, uh, like mapping out the implications of the word intention. Okay, and how that defines action, how action is characterized by intention, and how that uh, in turn characterizes rationality, especially practical rationality, and how that in turn. Uh, influences, uh, ethics, morality, uh, etc. Okay, so it's all it's all kind of pivoting around this idea of intention. So she starts. So she writes this huge book called Intention. Um, and there was a kind of a cool quote about that that I wanted to bring up real quick.
1: Man, this lady really is to the point with these titles.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excuse
2: me. Um. Buh, buh, buh.
1: So. If I could, um, <coughs> sum yeah, if you'd it up, like
2: to interject.
1: I guess. Oh, well, what, so, I guess basically, what you're saying is there is no justice. There's just there's just us.
2: us. Thank you for bringing it back finally. Um, yeah, there it's is, is no saying. justice. There's just us, right? Um, which is uh, you know as as much of a platitude as that is. <laughs> what it do you does mean? kind of it does kind of apply a little bit here. Uh let me yeah, I, I so I just realized I didn't really wrap up the whole thing with Truman yet. So she argues, and again, we'll get into this more a little later, but she well, argues that Truman's intention, even though okay, so his action was not killing anyone. He didn't like use his bare hands to strangle anybody, right? So how is he a murderer? She says that because his action was ordering the bombings right whatever whatever that took it, let's say let's say it was a you know they had to get a signature i hope they at least got a signature in order to authorize this
0: <laughs> with the, the atomic bomb? The atomic bomb yeah the i first have to imagine u, the
2: first use in warfare the first and only use in warfare um i hope they got a signature at least you know so so someone we can point to someone says he did it right that's that's also in a more serious uh uh way. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. That's what we mean when we say he did it. I mean, like, so there was the guy I, I even had a bit about this. The guy who dropped the bomb. The guy yeah. who literally dropped the bomb.
1: Mort Stevens. No, no. Uh,
2: Kermit Behan. Lieutenant Colonel Kermit Behan.
1: Yeah, I for- always forget that. Yeah, yeah. that's a well, that's an even dumber who, name than the dumb who, name I came up with.
2: Again... More, what did you say? Mort Stevens? Mort Stevens. Was he half Jewish? I don't know who he is. But Mort, Stevens, <laughs> Mort um,
1: Stevens Was the guy who was supposed to drop the atomic bomb, but he got lost. So they just got this guy do instead. Yeah. He had no idea. He was just like, well, okay, I guess.
2: Yeah. Um this real quick thing about this guy. So this guy, Kermit Behan, is also a murderer. <laughs> 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 because he did he did drop he that. He dropped bomb. it, yeah. Um and that's the thing. I mean, you could argue same thing for the Nazis, you know, was he just following orders? Like he knew what he knew what was going to happen. I, maybe he didn't know like in terms of,
1: "Oh, whoa, I didn't know it was going to do that." <laughs> you know? Like I'm sure that must have been an that must have been a very quiet (laughs) flight back Yeah, (laughs) after he dropped that bomb he just drove he just flew back to base like no one
2: because i'm sure everyone who was on that plane because those 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 planes take like whole crews to to fly really you know especially if you're dropping bombs you have like at least i'm guessing here but four people there
1: they try they try to radio in you're gonna have to give me just a second you
2: gotta give me a second i did not know it was gonna be like that
1: rough day at work honey well
2: yeah (laughs) they're wearing i'm sure they wear those like sight goggles they're probably like sunburned yeah you know after like that flash yeah um do you want to know you want to hear something horrific sure uh there are uh stories have you ever read the book hiroshima uh i no I don't think so okay this is it's a really good book i recommend it it's 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 fucked up it's it was i can't remember who wrote it but it's a uh, it's, oh, it's an that count oh,
1: who, who wrote it yeah that was uh that. J- john <laughs> jennifer
2: john jennifer <laughs> <laughs> wrote wrote hiroshima no uh I don't remember who wrote hiroshima, but it was a it was a very very <laughs> famous john book jennifer? It was basically—it's an account of of the bombing uh, from like three different. It's nonfiction. It's it's an account of the bombing from three different people. Um, it's like survivors. Uh, one of them, I think, is like a like a oddly enough a German priest who was like stationed and like uh, or appointed to Hiroshima. Like he ran the archdiocese there or something when it happened. Anyway. One of the one of these accounts in that book basically says that there were a lot of people who had um, like survivors, even some survivors who had uh, like eyes. Their eyes were missing. Whoa! Uh, because, oh, I think you've taught,
1: I think you've told me about this. Because
2: yeah. when there are some people who were unfortunate enough to having been looking up when the bomb went off, and the, the apparently I don't know how exactly this works physically. But the flash from the bomb was so hot or bright or something that it popped and melted people's eyeballs. Jeez, right? So they were just like walking around with like no eyeballs in their fucking skulls. Yikes. So that's one thing that happened from the fucking atomic bomb. Huh. the fucking atomic bomb.
1: it really you really start to see what what this lady is so upset about what she's upset about and
2: she's saying well it's like so who's responsible for this especially for all the people all of the 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 people who died for no essentially no reason right they were innocent people they didn't deserve to die um which is which is a little what's a little funny is that in her definition which is not her definition but it's like the pretty widely generally accepted definition of murder it's uh it's innocent the deaths of innocent people which means innocent meaning like as opposed to guilty, as opposed to someone who did something wrong. So, like, if you kill someone who did something wrong, it's not murder. <laughs> hmm. Right? And th- there are cases of that, right? The, in warfare, obviously, if you're if you're um, obviously pacifists would probably not agree with this, but, other, but everybody else would argue that if you're being shot at, and you're in a war, the person who's shooting at you, they're, whether or not you want to call them guilty, because they're committing they're 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 acting under orders sure they're still shooting at you you have to act out of self-defense you if you kill them they're not innocent
1: it's kind of like whether how, or not you think
2: they're guilty they're definitely not innocent
1: it's like how um you know when you play super smash brothers and you yes, i'm aware you kill the other person uh-huh. you kill the other person by knocking them off the ledge and they, they either fall down or they go flying off to the side into uh presumably oblivion <laughs> right yeah and then they What's, what's funny is that uh, I had a lot of guilt playing that game for a long time,
2: because
1: uh-huh. uh, every time I would, I would kill somebody in the game, I'd be like, you know, it's kind of fucked up that, for my own sick amusement, just causing all this, you know, these deaths. Yeah. And then finally someone uh, explained to me that, you know, you're not actually killing anyone. It's just a, <laughs> it's a video. Like, <laughs> It's just a video game. They actually come back because you have multiple lives. You thought there was someone inside there? Yeah, I thought I was actually committing murder. Yeah, I thought I was murdering Mario and Donkey Kong and, and, and all of them. And, um, yeah, that was a rough couple well, of years Well, what's interesting
2: there. is that even in the realm of, of Super Smash Brothers, like, uh, how do, uh, basically, the only way that people die is by falling off somehow, yeah. right? Now, um,. Especially like, well, I guess you could like, yeah, like you said, shoot you them, launch into, them off, yeah. launch them off into oblivion. But often a lot of people fall, just like fall, like they can't get back to that platform. Right, right, okay.
1: So let's say but you they don't, someone they off. don't
2: actually die.
1: No, I know, I know. For, but, so but, for I, I if think... you're listening to the, to this and you've Patrick. wanted to play the game, Patrick. but you you thought to yourself, I don't want to kill Patrick, I don't want to be responsible for death. You won't be. This is a hypothetical, all right so yeah so let's, calm down let's uh, whatever let's say that the people
2: that the characters little little figures you see on your tv screen uh-huh. are real are real conscious entities within, see, with I inner lives knew it.
1: i gotta be honest with you even when they explain no, to no, me i, I think... still kind of think in the back of my head every time i do it Let i go can... there's one less soul on this realm
2: this <laughs> realm can i get to my point <laughs> yes so my point is and this will be this will be germane later. Like so, you shoot them off, shoot them off into oblivion. You kill uh. them, right? There's no debate about that. But let's say you like knock them off, and they're like trying desperately to get back up. And sometimes they get back up, right? <laughs> yeah, they can jump back up. They can jump back up, but sometimes they can't. Sometimes they miss, or sometimes they, you know, maybe their buttons are sweaty and they slip. They can't quite get it back to the platform, so they fall to their deaths. Would you still say that you killed them in that case?
1: Uh yeah, be- oh yeah, of course. Why? Because you put him in the position to uh, to fail to get back up.
2: Right. Okay, which means that you acted with some intention. Yeah. You intended to do that, right? Mm? Even if even I'm if, really good. Yeah. And and even if so that means that like you intended to get them off the platform knowing that they still could get back on the platform. Like instead of shooting them off to to one of the sides Right, and knocked them just
1: far away enough that they can't jump back up.
2: Right, exactly. So you can say that, like, you know, you intentionally tried, you intentionally killed them, even though they, the their manner of death or their cause of death was falling with hate in my heart. Right, and their failure to get back on. Mm -hmm. Right, it's still you who's responsible for their death. Right. Well, who would say otherwise? Well, a lot of people would say, "Well, maybe you, you know, you just knocked them off the platform. The way they died was that they failed to get back on and fell
1: to their oh, death." Oh, fuck you! Who well, says that? That's kind of what she's arguing. Th- that for. no, that is the fucking kid who's trying to outsmart the teacher element. Okay, school. but that's what, what that's what people prick. do.
2: That's what people do with the, with with uh, trying to justify the bombings of Hiroshima, especially when they're trying to say, like the the the. The, what's they it relate it
1: specifically to Super Smash Brothers. No, they don't. Oh. But they
2: say, like, tr- for example, Truman is not guilty of murder. All he did was sign the order to bomb the uh, to 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 drop those bombs. Those bombs were meant to induce the Japanese surrender. But she says that there is a hidden intention in there. The in- hidden intention is exactly the deaths of those innocent people. These, the deaths of the innocent people is a means to an end. The means is that by killing so many people in one bomb, in one shot, that that the number, the high number of deaths, exactly is the the reason why the uh, the emperor of Japan finally conceded surrender, right? Yes. Therefore, the deaths of those people were intentionally caused as a means to a wider end. Now some people also would would take a different route and say, well, you know, these are these would say, these would be utilitarians or consequentialists who she argues against as well. Uh, she hates she hates consequentialists and utilitarians. Well, I mean, you know, it's who doesn't. But but consequentialists, especially utilitarians, which are which is a brand of of or type of of consequentialism. They say, well, the ultimate consequence is to end the war and they say therefore that's the intention the intention is to end the war and that's what Truman was doing Truman dropped the bombs in order to intend in in order to end the war well yes so that might be true but she argues that's not the only intention and also the intention the intention goes down the line of every single like action right so the action was signing a piece of paper that's one end of the spectrum of arguments to justify why Truman is not a murderer, okay? All he did was sign a piece of paper. He didn't murder anybody.
1: Yeah, but he did laugh hysterically as he he did it. hysterically. Yeah, and he did did it in blood. Yeah, and he he
2: just signed in In blood. blood. (laughs) And then he went, (laughs) the little devil is using his fingers for devil horns? Yeah. Um, And, uh... So, no. Um... So, obviously, like, that's that's a pretty weak argument, saying he just signed a piece of paper. It's like, well, he knew what he was doing. That he knew what the effects of signing the piece of paper would have, right? It would go down the chain of command to this guy, Kermit Behan, who pushed the button. By the way, and this is also part uh, in my bit, but this is a true fact. That guy, Kermit Behan, uh, dropped the, the bomb in, on Hiroshima on August 6th, 1945. His birthday yeah. was August 6th, 1918. So this guy dropped the atomic bomb on his birthday. You're going to tell me that wasn't intentional? No. Yeah. This guy was partying.
1: Yeah, he was having... He, he
2: was having a, bla- a blast. <laughs> Do you, is Pun intended. And that pun was intended. <laughs> hey, what ha- what happened with that guy? Is he haunted? No, Generally he's carried. not. Because, uh, I uh, again, since I have a bit about him, I did research. This guy said, yeah, I'm glad we did it. <laughs> oh, okay, he's all in. All right, he's enough. all in. <laughs>
1: I guess that's better than. He died
2: in 1991 in his bed surrounded I by loved I guess that's ones.
1: that's better than living your life being like, "Holy shit, did I kill those people?" Like, I mean, I did, but you know what I mean. I mean,
2: yes and no. He's he's also like just like blissfully ignorant of the fact that he committed like mass murder. He would
1: have to be, otherwise, he would go, "Holy fuck!"
2: Yeah, like, God, or 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 at least rationalize it away as like, "Well, it was for a greater good." Yeah, but this is exactly the the issue at hand. Gem Anscombe is saying that no, this is still inexcusable. It doesn't guys- matter. And she said basically, she'd say consequentialists and utilitarians in particular are arguing. Well, we have to end the war, and this is it's better to end the war than to have it go on. If this is the way to end the war, then so be it. Sorry, like this is just how it goes, right? Uh, in other words, saying. It's excusable to drop these bombs because it leads to a, a greater, better consequence, right? And that's the intention. G. M. Anscombe says, "No, no, no, no. This was wrong, and everyone who's involved has, has a lot of blood on their hands, and they should feel, they should feel bad <laughs> for what they did because they're bad people, hmm. um, for killing the innocent intentionally, um." And, uh, and, and so she would basically argue like, no, she, she would have said she would, if she were in Truman's position, she would not have dropped the bombs and she would have said, we have to find a different way to end this war. I don't know what it is yet. We have to fucking Probably find Probably
1: from being Catholic.
2: Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just What we should pray, do is just make pray them pray the rosary Catholic. until they stop. Yeah. And if
1: they all just became Catholic, they'd be praying the rosary too much to be able to fight a war, guys. Guys. I'm Catholic now. I'm fucking Catholic. I'm fucking Catholic. Why don't we just make them all become Catholic? <laughs> if they become Catholic, that would be so Rad, I'd be so boss. Um, Have
2: <laughs> you just become So we got we, we got to kind of wrap this up a little bit. We've been talking a lot about this aspect of her of her philosophy. Um, a little bit more just about like intention. This book about intention. Um, so this goes further to talk about like you know what is intention. So she basically kind of frames it in an interesting way. She says, "Well, like let's think about when people are are just doing things." Uh, you know, th- throughout their day, just like random shit. What like, kind of things?
1: Name all of like them. Like driving, driving to the store. Okay. Well, then what or they get, driving to work? What right? they get when they went to the store?
2: Well, okay. So that's it's funny that, that you bring that up because like w- when you go shopping for groceries, right? Do you have a list? Sometimes. Okay. Well, or you just go without thinking.
1: Yeah. Okay, but do you? But you go to the store, right? I do physically go. Yeah. Okay. Now, using my body. That's what
2: you're physically doing. So obviously, you're intentionally doing that, right? Otherwise, you, I mean, we can kind of agree that you wouldn't move your body in a
1: direction. <laughs> my legs, yeah. Right? But uh, the without arms some are, kind of intention. What a lot of people don't think about, it, the arms are also involved with balance when you're walking. So just because you're, you're walking using your legs doesn't mean, you know, you got to keep those arms pumping too, buddy.
2: Okay, so are you intentionally using your, your arms? Um, no, I believe that's more of a uh, subconscious thing. It's a subconscious thing, okay. <clears throat> I would imagine. But you're still so where is the intention? Where does the intention lie in the act? My of going intention to the is store? to go
1: to the grocery store, I guess, and fucking
2: And buy food.
1: I'm gonna get some salmon for sure.
2: Salmon, okay. That's, that's good. Okay. So your intention asparagus. is to buy salmon.
1: Yes. Salmon and asparagus.
2: Okay. But how do you buy salmon?
1: Well, I go to the store. Again, keep in mind. So your intention...
2: you have an intention to, to, to... P- go to the store. Yes. So you have an intention to buy salmon. I do. Okay, so what she's saying basically is that intention is something that's baked into the whole process. It's not there's not any one point where intention lies, right? The intention is, is is there where you say when you say I'm going I'm I'm going to buy salmon, right? The intention is always what's at the end of two. I'm going to blank. I'm doing this to blank. I'm doing this for or for this, right? Yes. This purpose.
1: Therefore, I Am there?
2: Yeah. So the the intention is baked in throughout the process. So you you have intention. You intentionally move your arms, and to to swing your you intentionally swing your arms.
1: I to balance you
2: to balance you as you walk.
1: That's how I walk normally. Is I actually will will kind of it's almost like lunging where I my arms will swing. Almost like a 360 degree thing that's yep. how I walk everywhere
2: so uh, a little, so uh, to go a little off to, to uh, on an aside she uses this example of like pumping water you say you're at a, you're at like cause in, a, in in this example we all live in some fucking like feudal village yeah where really where there's a central water pump but whatever <laughs> fuck it you go to the water pump to get right, some I'll meet water. you at the water pump okay.
1: at five o'clock so what what are you doing what am I doing yeah Recording a podcast, best there is. <laughs> well, okay.
2: <laughs> what are you, what are you? Let's say you're going to the pump. To I'm going pump to the water. pump. Now, let's say you're physically pumping water. I'm pumping away. What are you doing?
1: I am pumping. I'm using a mechanism to get some water because humans need water to survive. Okay, so you are getting water. But you can drink too much water and you die, which I've always thought was kind of bullshit. Okay, fine, let's we're gonna shelve that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like why yes, that's why true. make us need water if it's gonna kill us?
2: But what she's kinda what she's trying to she's not making a, a positive argument here necessarily. All she's trying to do is try to focus your attention on on how complex the issue of intention is, because your intention is to get water. But then also when you're acting, right, you're literally pumping water, right? When you're pumping the water, what are you doing? You're moving your arm up and down. You're intentionally doing that, right? You're, you you have to sort of intent, intend to move your arm in, to, in order to move your arm. Yeah. Now, you're moving your arm in order to get water from the pump. Yes. Right? So you're getting water from your pump. So therefore, your intention is to get water from the pump. Why are you getting water up to the pump? So you can drink water. So I your can intention drink it and drink I get water. Well also So intention
1: it, lies in every step of of the entire process. Something that you're not taking into account though is that you can also use water to uh cook. You can actually boil the water. And so maybe I'm using it for that too, Ben. You ever thought of that? Fuck That's fine.
2: Face. Okay, yeah. So the intention lies in that too. Or maybe
1: I wanna maybe I wanna wash my
2: stupid body. But therefore so the what she's kind of trying to say is that it's only where intention lies where you can actually say that it is an action, a human action, right? So you, so the example that she uses is when you're pumping the water, let's say you're – like the way I'm doing right now, you see how I'm casting a shadow?
1: It looks like you're right masturbating. Here?
2: yes it looks like I'm masturbating fine. because yeah okay so that's another thing so so am I <coughs> what? so what am I doing am I giving the impression that I'm masturbating this
1: woman sucks so bad this is her whole thing what you're doing right now kind of yeah this, okay, well, okay, I would hate to, find... to have dinner with this woman okay fine but have like conversations it's important like this? because this, this leads into fucking
2: like legal arguments oh and does stuff. it yes it does because you need to prove intent for a murder when okay. you're trying someone well, right then, well
1: why didn't know we're talking about murder you're talking about pumping a thing which looks suspicious like masturbating okay but
2: it's but it's trying to get to I'm trying to get to the idea of what an action is. An oh, action are you? has to have intention. Otherwise it's not an action. So if you're pumping the water and you're casting a shadow on the rocks behind the pump, right? Uh, is is that an action? Are you are you doing that? She argues, no, you're not casting a shadow on the thing. I mean, like that's what your body is doing, but that's not what you are doing.
1: No, you're not doing that. You're that's not a doing that. Reaction that's of not the universe. A, yeah,
2: that's a reaction of the universe. So that's what she's she's trying to narrow the path of where intention lies. And where intention lies, there you have human action in terms of, like, deliberative action. Okay? And so she's saying, this all goes back to Truman <laughs> it
1: everything and, does, and
2: his fucking bomb. right he fucking made the bomb, or he didn't make the bomb. He 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 <laughs> ordered the use of the bomb. Therefore, he killed. He murdered something like three hundred thousand people.
1: What about all the people who helped make it?
2: So that's the other thing. So yeah, so there there again, it gets thorny. Are those people murderers? Is J.R. Oppenheimer a murderer? He made yes he he made the bomb, and. Again, so now uh, this is where it's gets important. You ask what, the question that Anscombe is asking. What was his intention? Is his intention to murder people? Is, well, yes, it, it was. It was? How so? Because he, he's building a bomb. Okay, he's building the bomb. It could be argued, I think. This is where I'm speculating. This is my, I'm, I'm taking her cue and hey, man, her speculate methods. Speculate away. We, we don't, don't judge. to say to to maybe justify that Oppenheimer is not guilty of murder, because yes, he made the bomb that would end up being used on innocent people. Okay, but this was an unforeseen circumstance—the killing of innocent people. This is where it's this is where it's, it's it's crucial. His intention in in following his the orders from his government to to theoretically run the project that made this bomb it was never his intention for it to be used on innocent people. It was supposed to be used on, and again, this has to be, this is something that we may never know because this is something that exists entirely in J. Robert Oppenheimer's mind, and he's now dead, so we'll never know.
1: Um, even if he, like... You know what's in, kind of ironic? Do you know how he died? How? They, uh, he, someone dropped an atomic bomb on him.
0: <laughs>
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it was murder. It's like the guy who created the, um, whatever you call those things. Guillotine. Yeah, then got killed by it. Yeah. It's just like that, except with an atomic bomb. Ironic. What? Ironic. It is ironic, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, where was Probably I? Probably an easier way to kill somebody than using an atomic bomb, but I mean, you know, whatever.
2: I guess so. I mean... It's to kill easy, one guy. It's easier and, and, and harder at the same time. It just time. seems like
1: a lot of work. You, there's a lot of
2: uh, collateral damage with uh, with an atomic bomb, I feel like. Yeah um but that's the that's the argument, so that's the thing is that like you know Oppenheimer building the bomb his intention was to end the war, but his intention also was to have that bomb used on military targets, let's say right on destroying and that's how a lot of people still argue for the actual bombings and 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 uh truman's rationale. The difference with Anscombe is she's saying that. The, the use of the bombs wasn't meant to physically debilitate the Japanese war machine. The use of the bomb was intended to, to, to see the destruction and the carnage that it can cause by activating it on, on innocent people and saying, look how many deaths this caused. Innocent deaths. Look what this bomb can do, it's essentially. That, she says, is where the murder happens that's where the murder is the murder is not with the military targets the military the, the the murder or the the immoral act is not on the you know destruction of of uh, of you know economic and military infrastructure obviously i mean like if there are innocent people who happen to be around when the factory goes up right that's not murder that's you know an unfortunate side effect right because the intention was to destroy that facility or that 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 uh, uh, factory, whatever. In she's arguing in this case, the intention was to was the deaths of these people. That's what that's what was the mess. That was the message.
1: Yes, that Truman
2: was trying to get across. Like, l- l- look, fucker, look what we can do. I mean, he got the message across.
1: It got the message across, but it took the, two of them. T- took <laughs> that's t- fucking wild. It took two of them. That's crazy. Which is like, fuck. <laughs> I think I think there's.
2: Like I I I would I can I have to imagine that Truman was like nervous after the first one being like
1: no he still. probably was like this yes. rules <laughs> I get to this do it again. is incredible that I got to do it one time. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And now I get to do it again. Do you think he loved it? I think he returned his paycheck for that <laughs> month. I, he said, I will do this for free. Do not even. I'll do this. Yeah. This is an honor to cause so much death. I'm a fucking crazy person. Yeah. And he just, again, laughed and laughed and laughed. That's why I don't get why people don't. Uh, whatever. Anyway, so so it sounds
2: like you got kind of to agree with laughing, Harry, with, with the gem. Yeah, yeah. The gem says this is an evil fuck. Yeah, and he does not deserve an honorary degree mm. from Oxford. Makes an interesting <laughs>
1: point. Yeah. So then, what was people's response to her? Um, did, did, mean, did did she, did he end up getting it? Well,
2: basically, well, Oxford's response was, "Shut up, dude. <laughs> shut up. Be cool." Yeah, and she was like, "I will not be cool." I refuse um, to be cool. Yeah.
1: I converted to Catholicism. I refuse. Do you think I can be
2: cool? To be cool. Guess what? Also, she was arrested once. Guess for, what for?
1: Um, what? Protesting
2: in front of an abortion clinic. Um, oh. <laughs> so yeah, lady. so she is that Catholic. This fucking lady, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, she died in two thousand one. That's a um, shame. So, uh, of what? I don't know. Being too Catholic. Being too Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So the last, the last thing to, that I want to bring up, there's a lot more to her philosophy, but we're running out of time, and that, that the, the intention part really eats up a chunk. That's yeah. That's that's is,
1: that's kind of the thing that she's that, most known and that, for.
2: That, that, that's what she's most known known for, I would say, and that really informs the rest of her philosophy. She does a lot of work in ethics. That's where you can really see the the influence of her work on intention and action and how it relates to ethics. It's it's actually a pretty pretty obvious link. Um, but it also leads to, like, metaphysics and her ideas about cause and effect. Um, real quick, she doesn't really believe that uh, an effect is determined by a cause, that you can have a, an effect that doesn't necessarily happen. Um, but that's we, we can spend a different episode on that uh, and the difference between... One, one episode I want to do, which I, I know you'll hate, is the importance and philosophy of the idea the distinction between necessary versus sufficient <laughs> and how that relates to cause and effect. We're going to do one and you're going to fucking hate it. We don't have to do it. <laughs> now, now I want to. Why? <laughs> cause I want to see you fucking score. For what? We're friends. <laughs> so, um, so she does so her work on intention and action and also informs uh like cause and effect, especially cause and effect in the domain of human action, right? Like a human action can cause can be the cause of an effect, obviously. Like, you know getting into your car, starting the ignition, putting p- pressing the pedals and you know, rotating the wheel in certain directions results in driving and also results in a like two thousand pounds. Like composites chunk of like hard metal and plastic and whatever, uh, moving at lethal speeds. <laughs> yeah, you know, on a just on a physical. That's level. the thing
1: that people don't talk about: how fast cars can go.
2: Well, and also just like how fast cars, how how fast. It's crazy how like we're how how close we are to death at any given time. What's funny is that there's no, nothing is really like hit home. <laughs> For me, as starting this like construction job, where and all this like safety shit that we have to do, like I, there's a reason why. So uh, a fall hazard happens after six feet. When you're like, uh, when you're at six feet or above, if you can fall six feet or more, uh, it's considered a a fall hazard, which is potentially lethal.
0: Hmm.
2: So falling, if you fall like full body fall from just six feet. You can die. The reason is because the amount of force that gravity is pulling on you. This is gravity is an accelerational force, like accelerates you. The amount of force that you end up with when you hit, like if you jump, you know your your feet feel an impact, right? But you're only going because you're coming down from, like let's say I don't know what your vertical is let's say it's seven feet well okay so seven standing feet. still like like without running that doesn't help my example let's say it's a, f- a foot or two okay no i jump seven feet straight in the
1: air <laughs> no you don't and i flip okay, every time i no, can because uh, then
2: you that's impossible because if you jump seven feet in the air when you come back down the amount of force you're bringing down with you will break every bone in your feet and legs
1: well i didn't say i can do it a lot
2: right because you have to heal right i do it the one time it. and then i heal and then you and break then your legs i do it again so i can't stop jumping the amount of force that that hap- that that is on your body when you fall six feet or more is something like it's it's like sixteen thousand pounds of weight or something like that sure um <laughs> it's like being hit by like two cars yeah. Um. like and, and that's what you're surrounded by. That's what I'm surrounded by. Yeah, we are every surrounded day. by.
1: We are surrounded by death. Really, at, at any given moment, with, if with someone driving trips and, and lands
2: wrong, you can die.
1: Yeah, but even with like just even like people, like I said, driving around, like people at even even working in restaurants. Technically, if so something bad happens. You are could... trusting everybody constantly.
2: Everybody's just trusting everyone else so constantly. I
1: have I have a a theory. So you know how there's with their lives are trusting them. Yeah. <laughs> for 2:13 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so there are I guess it's like a you know there's like dark matter or whatever. Yeah. So dark matter is we know I guess it's I, I think you can explain dark matter better than I can.
2: I actually can't. I actually don't really know what dark matter is.
1: So it's basically a thing that like we know should be there but we can't find it essentially. And it's, it's like uh, it makes up a significant part of
2: Is that dark matter or dark energy?
1: It's dark matter.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, cuz there's something about like there's is something about how like, we've somehow found the weight of the universe? Yeah, I think and, that's but, how but we know. Like, but then the, obser- the, observa- the observable matter... We can't see it. No, we can, that w- the observable matter is the matter we can see. That's less than the total weight of the universe, which we somehow know, and therefore the difference is, is dark matter.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think I know what the dark matter actually is made up of. Right. Uh, it's what? Uh, uh, dead souls. And I think that's actually the purpose of life on Earth, is we we born, we live, we die. We born. And then our soul- <laughs> Hey, so- we born. We, yeah, we born, we live, <laughs> we die, and then our souls are converted into dark matter. And that's what powers the universe. The, that's all that humanity is. We are uh, sort of a, like an energy source. Like a fossil fuel. Yeah, for everyone like else. The most
2: like intense supernatural fossil yeah. fuel.
1: That's my the research that I've done suggests screams of oblivion yep.
2: power our universe. That's us. <laughs> That is us. Um, the last thing to mention is uh, again with her, with her, her ethics. So she, this is what's a, a little troublesome. I have to kind of like tightrope walk this. Uh, she is an extreme heavy influence on what's called virtue ethics. Uh, she's, <laughs> why is, why that is that like that virtue kind of? signaling or something? No, no, virtue ethics is a is a a, a different like. um... Approach to ethics. So we talked about deontology. That was our last episode, actually. Deontology is basically the idea that there are like these objective duties and obligations that we're uh, that we're beholden to um, that exist out in the universe. Like we're you know it's wrong to kill. It's wrong to lie. Uh, we have a duty not to lie. We have a duty to raise our children right. That sort of thing. Okay, um, and that's what constitutes right and wrong. Then but what? There's con- then there's consequentialism, which basically says whatever like you know actualizes the best result that's what's that's what constitutes a good act okay hmm. now the finally the third option i guess of these approaches is virtue ethics which is focused less on the um less on the action and more on the uh the basically the 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 intentions and therefore the character traits that propel actions right and it's about cultivating those intentions and those Uh, character traits those virtues in other words that from which spring forth you know good and moral acts without really even thinking about it and that kind of goes all the way back to aristotle aristotle was like the first virtue ethicist now she's a big influence on this school of thought without claiming to be one she doesn't say she never says or admits to being a a virtue ethicist or you know someone who adheres to virtue ethics um, but her philosophy kind of directly leads to that. And one thing that I thought was hilarious was, like, she came up with these terms called um, uh, thin terms and thick terms. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> and she says, when, when, discussing, mor- when discussing moral issues,
0: Man, calling things what?
2: right or wrong, call- calling an action morally right or wrong, she says those are thin terms. It's a thin term because it, it doesn't it doesn't lead to action uh, because the term wrong, oh, that's wrong or that's the right thing to do, it's very kind of abstract. You don't know what's right or wrong without also knowing what that kind of action is and who the type of person is who performs that action. So she says it's much more a thick term is to say that's not a wrong or right action, that's a cowardly action. It's just it's a cowardly action because we know immediately when someone says "don't do that." That's cowardly. You're not. You're probably not going to do that because yeah. you're like, I don't want to be seen as cowardly. I, you know, I I I consider myself to be a uh, you know an upright, brave person. I know coward, you do I'm Not a coward. I'm not a coward. Or I'm not a. I'm not like a greedy pig. You know. If someone says, so she basically says, and this is where she kind of gets into virtue ethics, where she says. The actions that we, the actions and the and the um, you know morals that we hold that we find ourselves beholden to shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be spoken of in terms of in these thin terms like right or wrong. They should be spoken of in these thicker terms, these meteor terms, like that's cowardly or that's greedy or huh. that's you know or that's stupid yeah I think I like I think, I like I think I like this yeah, This yeah, is yeah. a pretty
1: interesting thing
2: yeah so that's her ver- that's sort of where she kind of skirts the line of, of being a virtue ethicist and then and then people after her kind of take that and run with it and say yeah this is a new and she paves the way for, for why a doesn't complete, she want to be a virtue
1: ethicist which well, it's just
2: not that she doesn't want to be she's just you know how when you're the first person to kind of carve out a new niche that becomes something big so it's sort of she like doesn't, it's like like, she didn't really know the kind of Pandora's box she was opening.
1: So it's sort of like when D- Dashboard Confessional is like, no, we're not emo. We reject that term. Yes, sure. Yeah. Okay. Every emo band will be like, we're not we're emo. Not emo, yeah. Well, it was sort of like Sartre Sart, uh,
2: never said he was an existentialist. And when people tried to put that label on him, he was like, I'm not an existentialist. Like, I don't know why you're calling me that. I just do this kind of Oh, philosophy. wow.
1: A French philosopher being difficult? That's fucking <laughs> weird. Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, and it's like everyone on the other side of the channel is like, fuck you. You're an existentialist. Yeah, come on, Let's dude. Stop. Stop it. Come
1: on. Stop it. <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I guess this lady's all right. She's kind of cool. I wouldn't, like, she's, again, like on a personal level, just like Wittgenstein, she's probably no fun. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's yeah. probably not a fun hang. Um but I I like the way she thinks. And um I mean except for the the uh, I wouldn't go that Catholic even though we're a Catholic podcast.
1: We are we are fully uh <laughs> sponsored and acknowledged fully in communion with the Catholic Church. With the Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. In Pope members just of the school
2: winter coats. <laughs> yeah, the ones that he's wearing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what people don't tell or you he though he looks
2: like a fucking rapper <laughs> yeah what's,
1: what's what's really interesting what people don't tell you about those about the pope is that uh, when he sends you like those pope jackets there's actually inside <laughs> pockets and there yeah there's uh, Jim Beam in there bottle of Jim Beam <laughs> for every single one that you get <laughs> fucking weird but that guy does like to party he wants other people to party too yeah, he wants he, goes, to, he wants people to feel good he goes he goes hey what's sinful about feeling good the pope yeah that's his, that's a, that, that's a, I can quote him on that. Yeah. What's me, sinful about I feeling can, good? I can
2: think of like at least three, like fathers of the church who have a lot to say about that.
1: Oh, <laughs> but. We don't
2: know. want to no, Wait, wait, feeling good is not a sin? Slow the fuck down. Well,
1: how about this fuckface? face? You're dead and uh, your words mean <laughs> nothing to me.
2: Who's the fuckface face? Are you talking about?
1: The, well, the whoever has a problem Saint with St. Augustine this. or. I guess. <laughs>
2: Or who else? Saint John of the Cross, who, who, whoever the fuck. Saint
1: John of the Cross, you have the balls to bring him up? One
2: of them. There was one like early, early Christian writer. I think it was like Origin, or or I don't know was who it, it was. Who was like recently like like canceled, like Catholic canceled because like they went back. Like, and that, by recently, I mean maybe like in the sixties. They went back and like kind of like reread his shit or something. It was like after Vatican II, they're like, oh wait, this guy, this is a heresy oh wow yeah and they're like okay so we can't we can't fuck with him anymore
1: really yeah, yeah yeah. i think he lost all his sponsorships yeah he
2: lost yeah they pulled his yeah he got kanye dang <laughs> that's kind of strange i didn't even
1: think you could do that and
2: also it's appropriate to say he got kanye because like most of these early christian fathers like or uh yeah fathers of the church not a fan of jews either no <laughs> yeah
1: usually not Huh. <laughs> oh, you mean those hellbound guys? <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are going to hell because they're Jewish? You mean yeah. those Jews? You mean those Jews? Hi. <laughs> Early church father. How the hell are you? <laughs> Damn good to meet you. Damn good to meet you. You're not Jewish, are you? <laughs> ah! um, <laughs> well, this this episode has been quite the ride. Yeah. I think we've all learned something.
2: I like that I like that, that last part about like I, and I it, yeah, like not 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 thinking in terms of those thin terms right yeah. and wrong. Those thick terms like cowardly, stupid, righteous, um, beautiful, uh like fucking rad. Look at that 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 could be bitchin. I think that's a I think that's a legit bitchin'. I think that's a, those rockin'. are also rockin'. Legit, thick moral terms. Yeah, I yeah. like it. <laughs> Guys, yeah.
1: drop your thickest moral term in the mints. In the mints, yeah. <laughs> Let us in the comments. That's what we call the <laughs> what comments well what we don't no have the, we don't
2: have comments for the bad one yeah we call that we call the free one the bad one
1: yeah cuz it's free
2: yeah join uh, join our patreon i learn uh, what is that patreon.com at i nothing backslash i learn nothing please please uh, give us
1: give us money because frankly i think we deserve it yeah
2: you do get something you get uh, four episodes a week where bonus episodes were a month, it's not a week, holy shit. That would be a lot of work. Yeah, uh, where Pat teaches me something. Pat turns the tables in our Patreon and yep. teaches me something random. We've learned about the Steve Bartman incident, the mainline murders.
1: Yeah, we've the mainline um, murders are the craziest thing I've ever heard. I was heard.
2: re-listening to that one today, too. Very strange. <laughs> Very strange group yeah. of
1: people in, in that high school. Um, well, folks, uh, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, again, I cannot stress this enough. When you kill someone in a video game, it does not count as an actual death. So yeah. please, if it's been holding you back from playing GTA or, again, Super Smash Brothers, don't worry. These yeah. people have, are not real. Not only have they never existed, they will never exist. So yeah. there is no divine <laughs> spark inside of them for us to uh, yeah. to worry about. So jump So jump on in. I know there's a lot of uh, stuff to be catching up on. P- uh, PS, I think they're up to PS3 at this point, so... That's kind of cool. Check them out, I guess. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Keep on thinking hard. The truth sucks. Time the, is a son of a bitch. It really, really is. The sea is a bastard. And most importantly, if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. And here's Mister Big. Okay, this I don't gonna, know this. This one. is gonna suck. <laughs>
0: Broken heart can't be that bad When it's through, it's through Fake the twist of both of you So come on baby, come on over Let me be the one to show you I'll go.